This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or through the Radio Show Limited's RS1 or whatever your favourite podcast provider might be. Thank you for joining us. It's a big week this week because supercars are back on track, for real. And as a result, there's plenty of news to come your way. Team owner Charlie Shercolt joins us to talk about the last four months for Team 18 and how they've come out of it. And of course, Richard Crowell and Mark Walker give us their predictions for this weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park as we dissect all the permutations. But first, this week's news, and we start with breaking news, and that is the combining of grids for the Dunlop Super 2 field and the Kumo V8 Touring Car Series. Supercars announcing today that Super 3 has been resurrected and will run on the same grid as Super 2 cars at four events this year, those events being Winton, Sandown, Bathurst and the finale at Sydney Motorsport Park. Super 3 Series Category Manager Liam Kirkpatrick believes it's a great opportunity for the young drivers of the VATC to test themselves and share the stage with supercars. Supercars Chief Operating Officer Shane Howard saying in today's statement that the categories combining will provide exposure for team sponsors and bolster the number of competitors on track. Howard going on to say the primary focus for supercars is around the driver pathway, a commitment shared with category sponsor Dunlop. Moving forward to supercars racing this weekend, and WAU driver Chas Mostert has told supercars sidetracked on Fox Sports that he can't wait to be driving again after such a long layoff. I just uh, miss the typical things like the smell of burning rubber, burning <laughs> brakes and uh, that E85 ethanol. So it's uh, just, the, just the usual, uh, usual real-world things you miss. Yeah, like you said, very the longest period I've had off at a race car since probably 2015 with the crash. And then it was kind of a tease because everyone else was racing um, and I wasn't, but now everyone kind of hasn't been able to. So we'll just have to see how we get back into it. Obviously, like you said, we had a good start to the year in Adelaide. Um, Grand Prix was still on the pointy end. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting back to Eastern Creek. It's been happy hunting grounds and uh, just keep trying to build some momentum with the new team. And um, yeah, see what uh, the King Ginger, Adam Devore can come up with setup-wise and more importantly, make sure I don't uh, make too many mistakes with the first weekend back. Meanwhile, Erebus CEO Barry Ryan has told Supercars sidetracked on Fox Sports the new rules and regulations set for race day will see him have a more hands-on role. Yeah, the biggest thing as a team is just making sure we, we tick all our boxes on the things we normally have to do and with um, a lot of people that normally do those things not here, so... We're going to have to cover our bases there, but um, I'll be getting my hands dirty again. Um, Dennis will be getting his hands dirty a bit more than he normally does, and we've got our two normal um, mechanics on each car so and our two normal engineers, so the engineers are going to have to plug in a bit more and not rely on a data guy. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we just want to get, some, get racing again and provide some good entertainment. For reigning supercar champion Scott McLaughlin, he believes everyone heads to Sydney Motorsport Park with a great chance of winning. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you'll see a lot of, um, a couple of different cars up there. People that have been strong at SMP in the past, you you got to remember we haven't been there since 2018 either. So I think, um, you know, different cars, we haven't been there in the Mustang. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really cool and um, a, a good chance for a lot of teams to get up there. The top 15 shootouts a cool thing, I think. 
um, I think that's going to be an awesome addition to the category to give people some exposure. But also, you know, if you qualify 15th and you put a good shootout lap in, you, you know what can happen in a shootout. You can, you know, the front guys can make a lot of mistakes and, and track can change. And then all of a sudden you've got a really mixed up grid. So qualifying is going to be really important um, for these sprint races. And then the way you attack as a driver, um, the two to four tyre pit stops, whether you take four, whether you take two, how you look after your tyres if you take two, um, how hard you push if you take four. It's it's going to be uh, really cool, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it all. McLaughlin there also on Supercar Sidetracked on Fox Sports. Supercar CEO Sean Seema has explained the recent calendar changes to the Supercar website. When we first released the calendar a few weeks ago, our number one priority was putting a stake in the ground to get going racing again. As we've done more work with our stakeholders and partners over those past few weeks, it became very obvious to us that as we started to look to extend the season into 2021, all we were doing was delaying the disruption of COVID-19 into 2021 and potentially further impacting the shape of the championship. So whilst it hasn't been an easy decision to end this year, that's exactly why we did it. And Seema was asked, will the Sandown race this year be an enduro? It's not going to be an enduro at Sandown this year, unfortunately, but stay tuned for the 2021 calendar. A tease to the finish of that answer there. Thank you, Sean. We finish off with NASCAR. Some crazy things happening in the US centred around the Confederate flag and Bubba Watson. NASCAR even allowing the number 43 team to break Park Ferme and check the car in the morning of race day to ensure nobody had tampered with it overnight. All this on the back of Bubba's team finding a noose hanging from his garage roof. Back to racing, though, and it was an amazing finish at Talladega this week. And who better than our US correspondent, Randy the Plumber, to explain the finish? Things done got crazy at Talladega coming to the finish line. Watch this right here. Watch. Blaney's got this thing. Jones is in the wall. But look right here. One, two, three, four, five, six wide, baby. Six wide coming to the line at Talladega. That's what I'm talking about. And here they come. Here they come. Blaney's got it by just a nose right there. Look at that. About that far. Al Marola finishes third. Crossing the finish line backwards, baby. Holy cow. And here comes Jones smacking the wall three times. Name a check right here. He's in the wall. Everybody's in the cotton picking wall. That's one of the craziest finishes I have ever seen. Thank you, Randy. That's all the news. Let's get into the show. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. And joining me on the line, Richard Crail from theracetalk.com. Hello, Crowley. Yes, Shebex. Hello. Nice to be back with you in a week where we actually go car racing, keeping my unbroken streak of three weeks in a row now after I uh, I missed that one week and copped it for... Is there yeah. a, a, level nice of, a level of excitement or, a, or are you just playing this very cool? Uh, no, there's excitement. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> it's been <laughs> a long three and a half months. There's so much has gone on in the last last period hasn't it but no yeah. it's nice it's nice to be talking about real world car racing for one and it's nice to be talking about stuff that while COVID-19 comes into the conversation um, it's not the center of the conversation and we can talk form guides and we can talk who's hot or not and that's great and we'll have uh, the great Mark Walker on the show a bit later on to run through this full Sydney preview I'm I'm happy it's back Shebex and I'm looking forward to it even if we can't be there, this is the next best thing. At least we're yeah. on the couch. Well, you're right. Another man that can't be there also is the owner of Team 18. His name is Charlie Shercott, and he joins us on the line now. G'day, Charlie. How are you? 
Hey, um, nice to see you, uh, Tony and Richard. Great to uh, speak. Lovely to see you too, mate. Uh, first of all, the last three or four months, you've been in business for a long, long time. Uh, have you ever seen anything like this? No, nothing at all, mate. Nothing at all. This has been yeah, a pretty horrendous time for Australia and, and you feel so so sorry for so many people out there. But uh, my own forklift company has been impacted. We do a lot of events and that's been impacted very heavily, um, you know, from cruise ships to all sorts of events that we uh, unload things with forklifts uh, being heavily impacted. Um, but it certainly uh, kept us on our toes to uh, invent ways of... Uh, uh, getting things done, but um, very thankful to the Australian government for, for JobKeeper and JobSeeker to uh, look after all our staff. It's been great. Is the tide turning, Charlie, from a business point of view? Do you feel like as the restrictions ease, it's starting to open up a little bit and you can reclaim some of that lost ground? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I've created a great business of renting forklifts out. And, and one of the big parts of of my business is short-term rental in the event space. So unfortunately, when you, you look at all the events around Australia, we supply gear to, to set up these events. Um, we're gonna be one of the last to go back when there's mass gatherings. It, yeah. It's gonna take a long time. So, um, you know, it, it, it was crazy to see the Grand Prix, which we uh, supply all the equipment for the build. So we have about 140 machines at the Grand Prix. and. Uh, uh, we had a record day about three days before the Grand Prix and then we were told to pack it up and it's gone from this great big event to, to zero now in our event world. So it's going to be a long journey. I, I, I don't know when we're going to see, you know, tens and tens of thousands of people at a gathering. It's going to be a long time. So I think my gear is going to be parked up for, for some time. But I, I think we've hit rock bottom though. I think we've hit rock bottom at the moment yeah. and we've just got to build on that. Yeah, hopefully rock bottom doesn't uh, last for too long. That's that's the thing we need to be careful of. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, it's been four and a bit months uh, to get to race number seven of the season. What an amazing time March was. We had a, a really successful Adelaide. Uh, the Grand Prix comes on the cards and everything just shut down, as you said, so quickly, as quickly as it started. And now all of a sudden we get into... July, and we're going to start, June, I should say, and we're going to start racing again. Tell us about the effect that that's had on the race team for the past three or four months. I'm sure that, unfortunately, there's been uh, situations where people just haven't been able to stay around. No, it's, it's, um, uh, it's, it's been really tough. Um, the income's been impacted quite dramatically. We've got some amazing sponsors, you know, the Stanley Black and Decker Group and, and, and Fuchs and all these people that have been with me many, many years. They're all stuck behind me. I don't think I'm going to lose one sponsor out of all this, but um, things have cut everywhere. And um, so we've got a great group of sponsors that look after us. But uh, unfortunately, when you're not racing, there's no income coming in. And we've had to um, shed a few people. Um, not too many. I, I think we've, we've done okay compared to some other teams. And I've had one high-profile guy, which is Steve Richards, which is a real shame. I had to let Steve go at the moment until things pick up. But um, there's just no money coming in the door. And, and to survive, you know, I'm, I'm business, business has to survive. And if the money's not coming in, you've got to look at all your costs and everything. So um, it's been a bit of a tough road. But um, the staff, they, they, you know, they went on JobKeeper and... and uh, we got through on two days a week and 
and that sort of stuff. But um, they've been back now. This is their second week. They've been back full time and they are super, super excited, super excited to go racing. And that's what they're there for. They're there to, to go racing. So um, we, we really can't wait, even though I won't be there, but um, we can't wait to go to Sydney. I'll, I'll ask you about the fact that you can't go and watch your own race team race in a minute because that would suck, I would imagine. Um, just, just on the sponsorship thing, I'm sure many people who listen to this show will be interested in the process you've taken to look after those guys because sponsorship is very much an art of, of them giving to your team, but you giving back in return. So what's been the process for you to manage those relationships during this time? Do, do you reach out and put your arm around them and just keep them up to speed? What, what have you guys, you guys done to look after Erwin, DeWalt, um, Fuchs, everyone you mentioned during this process? Yeah, look, it's communication. That's, it's a simple thing of just communicating with your sponsors. Hey, we're in trouble here. We've, you know, we can't race and, and, um, and, and we can't deliver as well what, what we're supposed to deliver to these sponsors. And, and maybe we can make it up. Maybe we can't. We're not sure. And part of Sandy Black and Decker is a massive, massive activation, which some people saw at Adelaide. And we set it all up for the Grand Prix, which is a, it's a B-double road show that goes to tour events and there's competitions. It's absolutely fantastic. And, of course, that's all stopped. And uh, it's just communicating with all your partners and working with them. What do they want? And, uh, and working it through. And it's, it's just a simple thing. So I'm close to all our sponsors. They're close to me and, and, and we work through it. So, um, as I said, I don't believe we're going to lose any sponsors. They all want to stay on board. They're all... Uh, they want to be all part of this journey that we're on. So, um, so yeah, really proud. Speaking of journeys, we've had a, uh, a an amazing journey with the E-Series over the last 10 or so weeks uh, from an idea that we all thought, oh, will it work? How will it look? To something that was just spectacular in the way that it was produced and put together, the involvement from all the drivers and the final product turned out to be pretty good numbers-wise. On the tally, did that help in regards to sponsors? Did the sponsors see that as being an added advantage that kept them on the tellies? Yeah, look, uh, first of all, Supercars and, and Nathan and everyone did an amazing job to put all that together. It was a big thing because it was, um, I'm not sure if all the drivers were right in there. I think one of my drivers, Frosty, um, uh, he was pretty frustrated by it. The older school drivers, I think they get pretty frustrated. Scotty Pye was pretty excited about it, but um, delivering Delivering the signage and everything um, was a big part. I, I know all our sponsors were sharing stuff everywhere, and um, it certainly helped fill that void. It, it didn't do a lot. Um, it didn't do the activation and everything, but it certainly helped fill that void for sure. And it's funny you mentioned that about Frosty because Frosty's actually an old gamer from way back, isn't he? He's been doing <laughs> this sim stuff for a long time. Yeah, no, I think he, he got a bit frustrated. Everyone tried to hit him and. And uh, we saw him flying in the air so many times. And uh, A normal weekend. The first, I, the first time I saw it, I was laughing so much. I just couldn't believe it. And <laughs> the best thing about it, of course, I, I got no damage bills. So, so that made me very happy. We, we learnt a bit about your drivers as well. Um, Frosty's kids had to go on the sim, which was good fun to watch. And Scott Pye sort of became a bit of an internet celebrity through this. He hosted a a Twitch stream after every round that Van Gisbergen jumped on and they had question and answers and some fun races. So from that respect, it was great for your drivers and, and especially Scotty, I think he really grabbed it and he's got quite a commercial brain as I'm sure you know, um, really grabbed it and leveraged it, didn't he in a way? And, and that has that flow and effect of working for both team 18 and his 
sponsors on his car. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, um, we got so much from Scotty doing that. He did an amazing job and he loves that sort of stuff. And he's got his own little business on the side, as we know, but um, he, he really promoted, you know, he's got accounts everywhere and, and, and doing so much with it. And uh, so, yeah, he was, he was really good. Uh, how are you going to go this weekend, mate? Uh, limited numbers of people allowed at the racetrack due to the restrictions that supercars are operating under, at least for Sydney Motorsport Park. So you'll be on the couch. Uh, will you be a nervous couch warrior? Will, will you be on the edge of the seat or will you be nice and relaxed and just watching it unfold? It'll be just like the E-Series, exactly the same. <laughs> but uh, the cars are a little bit more real. No, yep. um, I'm going to have a few sponsors. I have a little uh, man cave. Um, at one street from home um, and uh, I have a few guests around and people, we, well, I'm in Queensland so we can have as many people we like up here just about right. um, and that should be a bit of fun, have a couple of beers and watch the race and um, I won't be nervous I, uh, but it'll be weird not being there, I think it's 10-12 years since I've missed a race I think so yeah, wow. it'll, be, it'll be pretty crazy but um, um, yeah we've, we've culled a few people that, that can go to the track which is a bit of a shame but um, swapping a, a, a couple of positions around but look um both drivers i think should be quick they should be good the cars are good i think we've um you know there's obviously going to be um a lot of setup changes with the, the two-stop thing uh, the two-gun procedure there's, there's going to be a lot of learning and and uh of getting through but i think we'll go okay I, i'm really confident frosty loves it there and scotty's quick there too so yeah, I'm confident we'll be, you know, we'll be okay. We should be on the money. So, Charlie, of course, your team predominantly working out of Melbourne. You're on the Gold Coast. How have you been keeping in touch with them? Has there been a lot of Zoom meetings or what's the story? <laughs> I've been Zooming and, and team team player, team member and all that sort of stuff. But um, my head office of my business is in Melbourne. And I've commuted down to Melbourne for about 11 years now. And uh, they couldn't keep me away. So... Uh, I, uh, I, I came up with an invention of using our old super ute transporter, which is a, a pickup truck, a big shed pickup truck and a uh, fifth wheeler trailer. And I've been transporting cars down to Melbourne and uh, yeah, that'll pay for my fuel and, and not so much my wages. Take the cars down to Melbourne and, and unload and then um, stay down there for a week and then uh, see if there's some freight and bring it back to Queensland. So. I've got a couple of cars that I'm, I'm hooked up, ready to go for Monday straight after the race, and I'll go back down to Melbourne again. Gets me across the border, and it's essential travel, so um, things you've got to do to, uh, to keep in touch. The boys have been back for two weeks. You mentioned Charlie in the, uh, in the garage, getting things ready for the weekend. Has a lot of their work been centred around not just getting the cars right, but getting themselves right in their positions and what they need to do over the two-day period? Yeah, for sure. Like... Um, Driver-wise, the drivers are fit as anything. Frosty's got his trainer back in Melbourne and he's just pumped. Same with Scotty, they are super, super fit. So I think drivers are ready um, as good as they'll be. They're, they're both on fire. And as far as the crew goes, you know, they've been, you know, I heard, you know, pit stop practices again today for, for quite some time and, and getting all that ready. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're pretty well prepared. I, I really do. But it, it is going to be different. Um, limited data, limited you know, the pit stop situation and, uh, and less people. Um, we've got a new engineer, uh, an old face on Scotty Pye's car. We've changed a few things around there. So um, Scotty's uh, got Phil Keed as his engineer, the most experienced guy that 
uh, on that engineering side. So we had a great job with Maddie. He's, he's stepped back there, and so he'll be looking after that. Manuel on uh, as engineer on on Frosty's car. So we've got a good crew um, to make it all happen and work. And yeah, I, I think we, we should go okay. Speak to the impact that Mark Winterbottom's made on your team, Charlie, since he joined last year. We all remember the amazing scenes down at Simmons Plains, which was one of the highlights of the championship last year. But it feels like he's brought a real positive impact into into your outfit. And, of course, that's expanded this year by bringing a second car on board with Scotty. Yeah, look, Frosty's an incredible guy. He really is. Uh, he's a great operator, but also a great person. And he's... He's enabled me to build on my team and, um, and uh, he's the brand uh, of that and, and to get better people. Um, so we've, we've got fantastic people you know, who doesn't want to work with Frosty or in the team, whether it's on the second car or, or the main car. He's just an incredible person. And of course, it, it's, it opens up the door for sponsors as well. Um, and so it's, it's allowed me to build and, and, uh, and I can with a guy like Frosty. He's, he's yeah, a fantastic person. And, and a really positive start to the season in Adelaide as well. If you cast your mind back what feels like four years ago in, back in, yeah. in early March, he was really impressive on the streets of Adelaide. I think he's eighth in the championship after the first round. So really solid start for you guys as well. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I think he's actually seventh, I think, with, with the yeah. car dropping out, I think, now. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, he had a solid start. I feel for Scotty there, just didn't quite have his opportunity to shine. We had some um, um, front end issues with, not so much, with the new control damper that was binding up, etc., and put him in the wall, and, and it just didn't quite go his way. But his time will come, and, and I, I reckon Sydney will be, he'll be able to shine. But, yeah, Frosty's had a, a really solid start. So yeah. You mentioned the car pulling out. Uh, Charlie, and of course, it was all due to the fact that uh, Milwaukee pulled their sponsorship on that car and that made things tough. Were you surprised to hear that when it happened? And have you been surprised that there hasn't been more casualties in regards to that uh, sponsorship pullout situation with teams? Yeah, I was really disappointed for Phil Monday. I, I really was. I, I didn't see that one coming. Um, we all want to go racing. That's what we're here for. And, and uh, you try as hard as you possibly can with your sponsors and make it all work. Phil was an un, a really an unfortunate situation and I really do feel for him. But um, I think everyone will be on the grid in Sydney, which is really, really good news. And, and lucky we filled that, um, the, the 24th car with Courtney coming along. But um, um, yeah, it's tough out there. It, it, it really is. Looking after your sponsors, you've got to look after them and... and um, so, yeah, no, it's great that there is 24 cars. You spoke about communication being the key between you and your sponsors. Was there a level of frustration at all or how was it all handled over the past three or four months, the level of communication between yourself and supercars? Yeah, no, that was good. Look, um, I, I speak to supercars a couple of times a week to, to find out what's going on, where we're going, etc. That's been fine. Um, <sighs> It's hard. They're so busy trying to, you know, get TV sorted and, and events sorted. It, it's frustrating and it's changing all the time. Obviously, with Melbourne having a bit of a spike down there at the, at the moment, um, it makes it difficult. I know we're, we're, we're ramping up a few extra COVID-19 stuff down there, but I, I've had good communication with supercars, no dramas at all. So, um, yeah, it's been good.
And on that note, while all this is going on, supercars have got an eye to the future with Gen 3, and it's been a much talked about um, topic over the last six months, even longer than that. Um, where do you see that from Teamland? Where, what, what's your take on what the series needs to get into place for this very critical next set of rules for the category moving forward? Yeah, look, we've got a, we've got a, we've got an amazing product, our current supercars. However, it's extremely costly. We all know it's it's so costly, and uh, we need to reduce the cost. And we need a new model. What that model is going to be, I'm not sure just yet. Um, but we've got to go racing cheaper to get other teams to come through. Some of the development series is the goal. Like uh, you know, Matty White and and uh, Eggleston, those sort of people to hey, we want to get in the main game and it's got to be cost effective for them. And it's such a big jump to go from there to there. And um, so we, we've got to have a product that's it's cost effective. There's a few models out there. We're, we've just got to get the right model what it is. And um, But we've got to change our model to, to get more people involved. And, and um, But at the moment, it's probably not quite the right time. We all can't afford to go and buy brand new cars at the moment. We'll, we'll have to run our ZVs for another year, which is... You know, uh, um, not ideal when it's not sold in Australia. But again, uh, it's not a fault of supercars. It's, it's circumstances there that we've we've lost another manufacturer, unfortunately. It's kind of chicken or the egg at the moment, isn't it? Because the sport needs this change, as you said, to take some cost out. But it that that expense of actually updating is going to be quite a big capital hit to yourself and the other part of the grid. So it's sort of balancing. You know, this massive outlay you've got to upgrade all your gear but then it'll be cheaper to run them when you've got them i suppose it's it's a difficult thing to balance yeah it is over a, a, a um over a five or ten year period it, it will work out better but um the other problem is redundancy what do you do with your old cars and and everything how does this all flow on so there's a lot of work to go into this to make it cost effective it really does and then we've we've got transmissions we've got engines there's so much and we need a strong Super 2 series to, to, to download all this down for that. And, and of course, uh, it's pretty tough out there, the economy. And um, it's great to see that Super 2 will get going again with Super 3, uh, Super 3 and Super 2 is all together. So that'll help and, and bring the cars down. But yeah, there's a fair bit of work to go through to, to sort all this out. Charlie, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I was going to say, we'll see you at the track soon, but that probably won't happen until Townsville, maybe, I reckon. Yeah, I'd say that's the first race I'll be going to. I, yeah. I don't think I'll be at Winton, especially at the moment, the way it's, it's down there. I, I can see pit lane locked up and no sponsors there as well. As soon as sponsors are allowed, I'll be, I'll be there for sure. I'm not sure about Dar Darwin, but Townsville, yes, I, I'm, I'm really confident that I'll be uh, at Townsville. But yes, very, very frustrating not to be there, but uh, uh, I'll be cheering all our crew on and our boys and, and of course, our drivers. Appreciate your time, Charlie. We'll catch you soon. Terrific. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, Krause, time to introduce our old mate, Mark Walker, who joins us from his uh, safe haven up on the Gold Coast. Hello, Mark. Hello there, Shebexter. Um, we've got the upgraded microphone this week. We've Beautiful. gone from the, the $2 model to the one that's 50 times more expensive, but three times better. So hopefully that works out well for everyone. Is there anyone you'd like to thank for the uh, the assistance in purchase? Uh, the governor of 
the Australian taxation of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's tax time, folks. End of financial year. Coming up. You'll be able to eat. Uh, uh, what a big uh, week, boys. We're going racing this weekend. Uh, cannot wait. Before we look at that, though, and there's plenty to look at there, a massive story has come over the, uh, the news desk in the last couple of hours, and it's one that we'll throw to you, Richard, because I'm sure you'll have a fair background to this, and it's the uh, merging again of the Kumo Touring Car Series and the Super 2 Series, which, of course, they sort of did when they had Super 2s and Super 3s last year, and then that disbanded quickly, and now they've sort of reached out again. Can you give us some information on what's happening here? Yeah, it's it's more on again, off again than something that I don't have the correct analogy for, to be perfectly honest for you. Um, I'm thinking. Um, more on than off than the light in my fridge when it's beer drinking weather. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, so interesting time. So th- the news is, is that the Dunlop Super 2 Series will share the grid with what was the Kumo v8 touring car series last year was branded super three um there was an attempt at the end of last year to merge the two series together that was driven from the supercar side um that ultimately didn't happen um in fact it caused quite a parting of the ways and what was super three last year went back to being known as v8 touring cars and was going to run alongside the arg categories at shannon's motorsport australia events in 2020 but needs must, and uh, with the dramas around the world and the economic climate and grid sizes and everything like that, um, another attempt was put together to make it happen. Now, it all started about two months ago, as we speak. Um, there were discussions about it. Um, it didn't ultimately come off, and there were some sticking points around the fact that one series major sponsor and tyre supplier is Dunlop, and the other series major sponsor and tyre supplier is Kumo. Um, those discussions got to a point where it was basically shot down a week and a half, two weeks ago, and it wasn't going to happen. Um, and V8 Touring Car was going to go back onto the Shannon's program, running with the ARG categories like TCR and S5000 and so on. Um, but there was a desire, and, and to be fair, it was a desire from a lot of both sides of this equation, from supercars and from the V8TC organisers to make this happen because it ultimately it will probably benefit both sides. Um, and the deal's been done, which is fantastic. So I, I think first and foremost, um, Kumo have probably taken one for the team here. Um, the cars will still run on Kumo rubber, but it's the Dunlop series. They're the major sponsor. They're a major supercars backer. Um, they have been for a long time, so it will be all branded as Dunlop, but these cars will still run Kumo tyres, and we'll come to that fact, the little interesting side bit in a minute. So I, I think full credit to Kumo, who have been a major supporter of this championship since 2008 when it first started, mm-hmm. and that, that shouldn't be um, misunderstood. They have been an amazing supporter of Australian motor racing at a non-supercar level, so well done. Um, but for the good of the sport, I think they've backed down um, they'll stay involved, they'll supply the tyres, and then we'll see where it's at. So basically, we get the two series on the same grid. But that's what it is, Shebex. It's not a merging, per se. It, it's a grid share. So you've just got to imagine that Super 2 and Super 3 remain separate entities. They're just sharing the same racetrack at the same time. There'll be a pole sitter for Super 2, a pole sitter for Super 3, a race winner for one, race winner for the other. It's class racing. 
but they'll stay very, very separate. They just share the racetrack. So it's kind of best of both worlds as far as I can see. So it'll still be known as the Dunlop series, did you say? But effectively, the the Kumo guys will be racing on their Kumos and the Dunlop guys will be racing on their Dunlops. Correct. Yeah. It's okay. still Dunlop Super 2. Yep. Super 3 will be a class within that. Um, much like the Bathurst 12 hours, got the GD3 class and the GD4 class. Separate trophies for the winner of both. They're just sharing the same bit of racetrack. Yeah. That's how it Mark works. Walker, what could go wrong? Nothing. Sounds good. <laughs> I mean, October last year when it, the first merger came down it wasn't a merger at all it was a hostile takeover which yeah. didn't sit well with anyone from the super three side of things so after that there was that bit of a divorce there that happened but at least this time they've talked they they communicated there was mm. a everyone's on board so th there's no negatives from it as far as i can see rich one for you how do you think the uh lap times are going to sort out between these two different cars older model car newer model car different types of tires yeah we um and and that that's probably a good talking point for the series moving forward. Though they they'll be light on the the Kumo references for obvious reasons. But um, we we combined on the racetalk.com last year at Queensland Raceway when they had main game Super Two and Super Three on the same program, and there were fifty five odd supercars running at the same event. It was tremendous. Um, and we mixed up the grids, admittedly, on a short lap of sixty eight seconds at Queensland Raceway or seventy seconds, um, and. A, six corner lap so there's not a huge amount of variation there but the top kumo series cars were in the top five or six of super two um the difference is in tire allocation so super two have more new tires per weekend um so that will help them but the kumos are slightly softer compound so over a lap uh i don't think there'll be a huge amount of difference so if you get a really good gun driver in a bjr super three car for example then there's no reason why they won't be somewhere near the top five or six, I would have thought of those leading super two series cars. So it's going to produce some really interesting results, which I think is great. But what it will also do is, is throw in the heritage cars. So Brad Neal, who's got the SP tools livery on the X Shane Van Gisbergen, Stone Brothers racing FG Falcon. Um, that's going to be there. The, the TF racing guys, we've got the Jim Beam um, championship winning livery on their X um, DJR car, Chris Smurd and the Irwin car. You'll have those cars on the grid again, which will be great. And the supercars fans that love that era will have those on that program. So, yeah, I think that's cool. And then from a privateer perspective and from the young professionals running in Super 3, be they with Matt White Racing or Image Racing, uh, Madeline Stewart running with Brad Jones Racing again this year, um, from an exposure point of view, they'll get the TV that goes with it. And hopefully they can give some love to the Super 3 guys and girls over the course of the season. Um, so they can get some airtime as well and hopefully benefit from that like they did last year when they ran as a, a standalone category on a lot of supercar rounds. So four races for the shared grid situation. It'll be uh, the Winton event, July 18-19, the Sandown event in September, Bathurst in October and Sydney Motorsport Park in December. Will the Kubo guys still be doing anything on Shannon's Motorsport to top? That'll be it for them. Yep. Yep. No, just the four rounds. Um, they would have only done five for the season anyway, they traditionally run a five round calendar. Um, and yeah, you know, a lot of these guys mark a privateers and they put their heart and soul into it. So four rounds, I think is, is max for them just from a budgetary point of view. I think for the mug punter sitting trackside, it'll be a great thing. Just bigger fields are what you want. 
if they're just a, a blow in on the weekend, he knows nothing else. If they just see a full field of cars out there, that's mm. a good thing for them. Mm -hmm. uh, my question for you again is how is the ARG involved with the Vout Touring cars? Did they have some sort of stake in the series or is it still run by the Kirkpatrick's? How does that work? Uh, well, Lee, Liam Kirkpatrick's still category manager of, yep. of the category. Um, Sorry for putting you on the spot here. No, 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 that's fine. Um, no, look, there, there's a relationship there with ARG. They're, they're involved in the category now and, and, and it's sort of come under their wing, I suppose is the best way to say it as part of that broader category group. In fact, Brand new websites for all the ARG suite of categories and events launched this week and V8 Touring Cars as part of that. So um, it's under the wing. But And, and look, I, to be honest, I think it's a positive because it proves the, there's, there's a lot talked up about animosity between supercars and ARG. But um, what I think it proves is that there's willing willingness for discourse between them. You can chat. There, there is conversation taking place between both sides of this perceived ARG v supercars or supercars v ARG camps, which is a great thing. And you only have to look at the V8 TV side of things, looking after the TV for the ARG categories at the Shannon's meets this year. Yeah. So th there's conversation, which is great. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. So it, it could be the start of more. Like I, I don't think there's anyone you could talk to that wouldn't think that having TCR at, I'm just pulling events out of my head, Darwin, or Townsville, or a Newcastle, or something like that would be a great thing. Or having S5000 at the Adelaide 500, or again, Hidden Valley, which is a cool open wheel track. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt in that. And it would benefit those categories too. So look, thinking real big picture, if this can help facilitate some of that chat down the road, then happy days, that'd be fantastic. It won't though. <laughs> oh, come on, Tony, there's enough negativity in the world. We're just motorsport right now. Just everyone just, needs to get their arms around each other, hug it out, and we're all friends and trying to work for the benefit of the sport moving forward, surely. And and look, in, and we joke, in all seriousness, I think this is probably that outcome for both of these series. Because Super 2 was in pain. They only had, what, 13 cars in Adelaide. That's not enough for your Tier yeah. 2 series. So even if you get 12... V8 Touring Car, now Super 3 entries on the grid. All of a sudden, you're up to 25 cars. That's a great nice. field. Fantastic. Yeah. Looks good for TV. Looks good for punters at the racetrack when they can go back. Um, hopefully, the Super 3 guys can still get the exposure they want. When crowds come back, they can get the big attendances. Um, and Super 2's grid is made bigger and better. So th there's not a lot of lose out of this equation from what I can see looking from the outside in. Yep, and it'll prove my theory of a few weeks ago that regardless of what you put out there, if the cars are going 20 or 30 k's slower, as long as they look good, sound good, and the racing's good, the punters are going to love it. They won't you, know the difference. You'll get some lap traffic too, boys, as well. Like they'll, yeah. The, the field split in Super 3 is quite big, as we mentioned, the privateer guys running at the back. So this will be something else for the, um, the Super 2 guys to deal with, which will add another variable to their races, which is cool. All right, Sydney Motorsport Park is our host for the third round of the Virgin Australia. We still call it the Virgin Australia Supercar Championship. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Nothing's changed there. Uh, this weekend, it's a two-day meet. Interesting to see supercars coming out today and announcing some different formats that they're going to run, some different things that are going to run through races this year. Anyone want to touch on those? Oh, 
yeah, I mean, it's a bit of choose your own adventure, isn't it? We're sort of making it up as we go along, which is fine, which we have to do. We're on the run and everything is changing. They've taken a lap out of the races this week. Uh, they've obviously done the maths, uh, which they probably could have done before some of those times, certain E-series races, I guess. <laughs> but they probably figured out that 33 laps wasn't going to work. So we've made it 32 laps, which is fine. So the, the format this weekend, Saturday, we've got the rookie-only uh, practice session to start yep. off with, which is what, Jack Smith and uh, whoever's in the Matt Stone car. Huh. Two cars wobbling around there for half an hour. Cool. A uh, couple of practice sessions. I, I'm not in favour of that. Just send them. Yeah. If you if you can't figure out how to set your car up, you probably shouldn't be out there. So. Give them one. One max. One, one's fine, but they've given them an hour worth of practice on Saturday. Uh, and they've got two-part qualifying for the first race, a top 15 shootout, and then that first race starts at 3.30, Saturday Arvo. Sunday, two qualifying sessions and two races. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, we sort of talked format last week. I, I don't mind it. It is what it is um, for this first round. And I'm sure as things improve, they will mix it up as they feel the need. The interesting thing for mine is tyres. And, and we will finally go back to having these mixed tyre compounds, which is terrific. Um, so... I think it's three sets of the hard, two sets of the soft. Um, Sydney Motorsport Park is notoriously rough on tyres. The left-hand side of the car or right-hand side of the car with all the left-hand corners gets loaded up a lot. Um, so there'll be quite high degradation with the soft tyre. So um, the, the problem with the multi-tyre thing is, is that after the first race, everyone works out what the fast way to run your car for the race is. So you run your soft tyre here, your hard tyre there. It's the quickest way to do the race with a less deg. And everyone's on it by the end of the weekend. But I hope it just spices things up and you get some of that Barbagello magic we had a couple of years back where you've got quite significant overlap with some guys out on their feet at the end of the race on a soft tyre being mowed down by someone on good rubber or vice versa. Um, I hope we get that. That'd be great. I checked the forecast. Um, Sydney's going to let us down because it looks like it's going to be quite good weather-wise yeah, on the weekend. Uh, 17 and cloudy both days. Yeah. Uh, um, so that, so we're going to rely on some variables being thrown up. Um, anyone that thinks that it's going to be a vastly jumbled running order is kidding themselves because the bet, if anyone will benefit out of this situation and, and being good at unloading out of the truck with no testing or practice, it's the big teams, it's the triple eights and, um, and shell V power racings of the world. So they're going to be at the front. But I think what we hope is that a Tickford is going to be right there and uh, WAU is going to be right there. But the, the thing I'm looking forward to most seeing, boys, is um, this will be our first true test of the, the new set of aero regs for this year and the, and the performance of the cars because the Adelaide 500 is such a difficult place to judge it on and we didn't get enough sample size at the Grand Prix to see how the cars reacted on a fast flowing aero track. So this is a circuit that last year would have been a Ford Mustang paradise with all the aero stuff around it. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. And then of course, there's the variable of the control damper to throw in as well. I just hope my main hope for the weekend is that someone steps up. There's a bit of an underdog story there somewhere along the lines of someone who's spent the last three months thinking real long and hard about it. And they come out there and knock one out of the park. Andre Heimgartner. Andre Heimgartner. That's mine. This break has given people a chance to settle in. And the E-Series, all these guys have been working with the engineers throughout the E-Series. They've had them on the cans. They've been 
talking, communicating. They've had all this time away from the track where they've still been in touch and in each other's pockets, which is going to be interesting. A guy like a Jack LeBrock, you know, they've sort of, sort of been thrown in the deep end. A, a Bryce Forward, who was a real last-minute Larry deal to get him on the grid at Adelaide, he's now had some time to bed into that little universe at Walkinshaws. It would be interesting to see how those guys can just go out there and step up if they're, if they're able to, because it just feels that they've had this time to, to sort out their scenario there. And, you know, if the teams are good enough, we, we'll see how good they really are. Well, like, it's a good point you make. It feels like Bryce Forward's been driving at WIU forever. Yeah. Because we've, we, we've seen 10 rounds of championship racing with him. It's just yeah. been virtual. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm really keen. They're all great stories. They're, they're terrific. I, I'm really looking forward. You know, the, the Kellys were such a, a fascinating story at the start of the year. And it, the, the way they documented the build of these new cars was terrific. They, they aced that in the build-up to the season. Um, the dramas at the test day uh, with Rick Kelly's thing having the coil pack issues and them swapping between one car, it feels like so long ago now, um, added some drama. And then they unload and then 10th and 11th in the championship after one round and showed genuine pace again at Albert Park in that aborted weekend that we had. So it's stories like that that I'm really looking forward to, to following this weekend it's by for the by who's at the front because I fully expect it to be the usual suspects, but it's if a, if an Andre can pop out or even Rick can pop out and go top five, well, what a great outcome that would be having unloaded or, and we had Charlie Schwerkold on the, on the phone earlier on, you know, Mark Winterbottom had an eighth and an 11th on the streets of Adelaide. So he could be somewhere around the mix. He loves Sydney Motorsport Park or Tickford, look fast. So where do they go? These are the stories that I'm most interested in following out of this weekend. And while we would love to see Andre Heimgartner do well this weekend, let's hope that he doesn't win until we're actually back at a racetrack because that Ned party will be amazing (laughs) when he does. I'd rather him not do it while no one's there. It's one of the biggest losses of the year, Shebex, (laughs) is the activation that Ned, uh, Australian-made whiskey, have had planned for this year. I know. Amazing. And you and I sampled it at the Adelaide 500 and it was terrific. Um, and it could have been a real big night if we hadn't have bailed. Um, but it's the biggest loss of the year is that we're not going to have the big Saturday night. They shout the park kind of parties. Yeah. Um, hopefully that returns. I, I, I know they had everything centered around Bathurst um, and doing something at the Ox in Bathurst in October. So hopefully they can still do that. If restrictions continue to ease, well, by the Jack, time we get to the jackpot, it have a big yep. jackpot. The <laughs> exactly, ox. they'll be eight rounds behind by then, so they'll have budget. So <laughs> the race talks preview for Sydney Motorsport Park, uh, all sorts of weird and wonderful stats you'll see in that. Mm. Uh, the form guide there: Red Bull Holden Racing Team duo, Jamie Wynn Cup, Shane Van Gisbergen. They have won eight of the last twelve races. So at City Motorsport Park, uh, Chas Mostert's got a couple wins in 2015. McLaughlin had a win in the Volvo in 2014. And Fabian had a win there for Dajar T. Penske in 2017. But it has been the quick guys in qualifying have been um, Chas and Scotty McLaughlin. They've got the last 10 poles there. So it's those form guys that you expect. And it's sort of funny that the form guide is that you want to be qualifying up the front. You think of... Eastern Creek City Motorsport Park is a track that you can overtake at, but it is typically still those front two rows of the grid where you want to be. Yeah, and one would think that uh, should the Triple Eight boys be fast again and no one would expect that they wouldn't be out of the truck, that, uh, yeah, they'll have a massive advantage this weekend. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah it's it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Just to see if that form continues. I mean, Chaz Mostert, that, that there's some potential excitement there, isn't there? If, yeah. if they can get that WIU car hooked up as it was in Melbourne and definitely was in Adelaide. I mean, that's, that's got huge potential for enormous fun of him. Cause I, I don't think there's any expectation in that squad that they're going to fight for a championship. So you get the feeling that if anyone's just going to be, well, just send it boys, it will be him because there's so much pressure on McLaughlin to keep doing what he's doing and the Red Bull guys to continue their quest to, to get one back after a couple of years of, of the Red Fords dominating. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned the word pressure. How much pressure is on a guy like James Courtney coming back into the series? And actually uh, showing exactly what he can do with a with a fairly decent car. Is there pressure though? Well, that's what I'm asking. Is there? Well, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it'll it'll take time. You look how long it took for Will Davison to slot in and feel comfortable. It, it took him that whole last season until he was comfortable with his engineer and rolled up this year. And they were really quick. They were a top three and they they led the. The test day, they were top three at Adelaide, top three at Melbourne. So the car's good enough, but it's just a matter of having that relationship there between James and his new engineer. Yeah, it's, that's, that's going to be a fascinating story for mine. I, it still boggles my mind that he hasn't missed a round. Like through yeah. everything that went on, he's just, it, it's as if he was on the grid in Adelaide because he was. It, that's, um, yeah, that, that's crazy. Like there's, there's so many other, there's a lot of good stories on this grid though, aren't there really? And, and there's, the potential is great. Like Nick Perkett had a seventh on the Sunday in Adelaide. So BJR just creeping up on it. Erebus had a really interesting um, time of it in the streets of Adelaide. Anton didn't have a particularly good weekend at all. Um, Dave punted him in race two um, with the lightest of touchdown there at the hairpin. Reynolds, fourth and an eight. So where are, where are the Erebus cars at at the moment? Are they genuine contenders or are they that sort of leading group of the, the next tier? Where's Tickford at? Uh, you know, it, it's nice to be asking questions about form rather than what's actually happening in the world and when are we going back racing? I've got to say, it's, it's kind of good. One thing that does make me happy is the fact that Team Milwaukee was the only team not to make it through this because remember when that happened yeah. everyone was this is the tip of the iceberg the world's going to implode it's all over you just wait until everyone else pulls out but yeah. here we are race week and it was that one team who's fallen out which is a shame for them but they were replaced the next day and we go racing yeah certainly do all right uh there's no use getting tips for this weekend oh, no there is yeah go on. oh is that right? go on. Yeah, Shoot. No, you, you first all right no well i i think triple eight <laughs> I think they've been dominant at this track, and I, I expect that they'll come out throwing punches straight away. Okay. Mark? Yeah, uh, yeah well, I mean, AAA. Actually, I'll tell you what I want at Sydney Motorsport Park. You know how the Gold Coast has a really cool surfboard trophy? Yeah. And it's a surfboard because of the Gold Coast and the beach and all that? Yeah. What have we got at Sydney Motorsport Park? Rubbish dump. A tip, yeah. Arnott's Biscuit Factory. Oh, oh yes. Get up there with the Tim Tams. A massive Tim Tam. Vovos. Have we saw, Vovos we've solved it. Superior and um, Arnott's Biscuit, of course. Pe- people will be coming. No, but it would be like first is a Tim Tam, second is a Scotch Finger, and third's a Milk Arrowroot or something. It'll just go up and down the scale. What about, a Monte, what about a Monte Carlo? Oh, that would just Monte Carlo. Just do they fit do in perfectly. Do they, do, they do the kinks. Yeah, they do them all. Kinks are the best. Yeah. They're the best. 
aren't at Biscuit by far. Yeah. If Jackie Stewart was there, we could have a scotch finger. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Um, (laughs) It did, actually. I only thought of that after. That's a genius. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's a a shame that my mind instantly went to the rubbish tip behind. Yeah, both of you. It was both garbage dump. (laughs) I just get a big sack of garbage. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) All I want out of this weekend is good racing. Yeah. I think I, you'll see good racing. I think, I think McLaughlin. I think McLaughlin will win it, um, and that will be my tip. But I just want good hard racing. I, there's got to be some good fights at the front. I just it desperately needs a great battle in one of the three races. Something we can look back on and go, "Wow, that was great." It, we yeah. need this the the Anton Shane stuff in E Series, but in real life, it, just one race of that. Yeah, um, we don't need someone to go out and flog the field as so often happens at that place, um, because of those long loaded corners and all the air on the cars. It's hard to follow close at Sydney. There's not a lot of passing generally. I just everything crossed for one really good barn burner of a race. But that last race we had at night there a couple of years ago, that was yeah. a cracker. It and has it potential there. It does, and it was, and that was down to mixed tire strategy. So that gives me hope for this weekend. Because um, you had the Red Bull cars on better rubber, mowing down McLaughlin, passing him. But when they got to him, it was really hard to pass. And you saw four or five laps of really good hard wheel-to-wheel stuff of McLaughlin defending. So if we get another one of those this weekend, even mm. if it's one of the three races, that's a big tick in the box. Because they've got to come back with good games or good racing. I was thinking footy. Like, footy came back with a bunch of really average AFL games that were terrible. Yeah. But watched by huge audiences. So we can only expect the audience to be really big watching this weekend. We've just got to deliver a good race for them and then they'll keep tuning on through wherever it is we race next. My main concern is after 10 weeks of Wednesday night e-racing and Wednesday night drinking, I'm going to have to back up Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Day drinking, it's, yeah. a, it's a wild new world for it's me. I don't know what new, I'm going to do. It's a whole new can of worms. It how does, how Can we just point out how terrible Wednesday has been for the last, well, it was terrible last week. Yeah hear this now it's probably wednesday as we go live on wednesdays um except for those listening on rs1 um in which it's thursday night 9 p.m uk time um in which case yesterday was terrible uh wednesdays without e-series bloody awful um just left i just sat in my room tv off lights off i just didn't know what to do all i really wanted was just some V8 drivers jump on Twitch swearing at each other. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Yeah, we had 10 weeks of that and it was glorious. And that first week without it was like a dark, dark void in your life. Yeah. Just wanted one person to say, you're a shit person. That's all we wanted to hear. That's all we wanted to hear. <laughs> oh, the, the back channel stuff of that was genius. It was. Hey, um, uh, b- before we go, uh, Randy the plumber was on earlier on in our news just giving us the uh, conclusion. <laughs> To NASCAR, God bless him. Uh, is that about to implode? That series that is just amazing. What's happening over there at the moment? I'll defer yeah. to our US expert, Mark yeah. Walker. <laughs> it gets wilder and wilder, doesn't it? The whole USA situation. I mean, it, it's a, it's amazing. I, well, I don't know what to say because it's just next level. I'm the, getting the, the feeling they won't have any fans left. Well, the the, the funny thing is. They're winning the PR battle out of this, but they're yeah. the fan battle. Like the media coverage around what NASCAR has done uh, is really the Confederate flag and did, the Bubba Wallace stuff has been outrageously did, positive for them. But 
all, half their fan base is just completely alienated. Yeah. Did you see Marty Smith on Sports Center, uh, yeah. ESPN Sports Center, in tears? Like, yeah. <laughs> holy cow! Yeah, I just it, it breaks your heart what's going on over there, though. I mean, we we've all been there. We we were all there for car racing over the last three or four years, and it's an amazing place. There's yeah. so much good stuff, and you sit from afar and watch what's going on there. And and the the COVID nineteen stuff all around the world is terrible, and we're in a really lucky place here with the way that it's been managed here in Australia and New Zealand in particular. And Unless you're in Victoria. Going, well, I wasn't going to start on that, Shebex. You'll get me up on my bloody high horse with you filthy Victorians. Um, I say that with love. Um, <laughs> I feel it. I feel the love. <laughs> um, I just want the bloody borders open. Um, but it just breaks your heart with what everything else that's going on over there in the States. And I'd love nothing more to go back over there and, do the Indy 500 again, and I want to go back to Cape Canaveral and all this stuff, but it's just not going to happen because you can devastating. 100%. Like, all my bucket list stuff is I'm going to go to New York City, go to Washington, Cape Canaveral, go and watch some NASCAR somewhere. And there's absolutely no chance, even if they relatively got their stuff together now, it's mm. not going to happen. You yeah. wouldn't subject yourself to it. No. No, exactly. no I, I feel lucky like you and the three of us, um, shared cool events. Um, Shebex, you and I went to the 100th running of the 500, Indy yeah. 500, and Walker, you and I went to the 50th running of the Daytona 500. So um, we both saw milestone events, and I feel lucky to have done those and ticked them off before it became impossible to get there because just no way. So, and look, people read the racetalk.com from the States. It's our second biggest audience. Um, I know people listen to this over there. Um, we're thinking of you, obviously. We, we love you. Thanks for, thanks for listening. And Keep safe. And, Stay safe. Yeah, stay yeah, the safe. NASCAR stuff alone, it's this little story within a broader story. It's just extraordinary what's going on yeah, there. So, yeah, how is. they come out of it, I don't know. But good luck. All right, boys. Time to chop up the bar fridge, get things nice and cold for Saturday afternoon when racing returns to Sydney Motorsport Park. I'm glad racing's back, boys. The real world, I loved E-Series. It was epic, but it, it's just going to be nice to sit down on the couch and uh, watch some real-world motor racing. Hey, quick plug before we go. Yeah. Um, our great supporters at National Transport Insurance, NTI, Truck Assist, um, are back on board. And we, we did, and we heard segments of it on this very show, Inside the E-Series. Yes. Um, we're picking that up, and we haven't got a name for it yet as we go to, go to print with this show. Outside um, the Real Series. Well, we're doing Inside the Real Series now. Um, so <laughs> Saturday night... Uh, head to the Race Talk Facebook page, Truck Assist Facebook page, and our website. Uh, and there will be an inside Tickford racing chat with Jack LeBrock and Lee Holdsworth straight after they finish their Saturday race. Two superstars. Yeah. So they'll come out the Truck Assist car, obviously, of Lee Holdsworth and Super Chip Auto Racing Truck Assist car of Jack LeBrock, friends of the show. Um, we'll be chatting to them within an hour of them jumping out of their car. Um, which is huge because there's no media going to Sydney Motorsport Park. So we're getting the inside line. That will be live on our Facebook page, website, and the NTI social channels uh, Saturday evening. Check the sites for times when that goes live. That's going to be a really interesting insight into the first day back at school after three and a half months out of the office. You know what's going to absolutely stuff this for you? is when they finish one, two, and have to do the Zoom press conference. Oh, well, I'll just ask them different questions. Oh, I'll good be, boy. Mate, I'll be 15 beers down by then, so the, the conversation <laughs> is going to be uh, fantastic. 
hello to Kristen, the team at NTI. If you're listening, I'll be, I'll be fine. It'll be all right. Don't worry. Beautiful. That'll be good. Well Looking, Looking forward, forward to, to it. Excellent. We'll bring you some highlights of that in the show next week. Saturday night. Boys, catch you uh, at some point over the weekend. I'm sure we'll chat. Yeah, it's good. Racing's yep. back. Exciting. It is. And thank Look you for joining us, folks. We'll catch you again right here on The Grid next week.